0: Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nixon. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Cap. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. All right, welcome to the show this week. Well, our guest is Dr. Hunter Taylor. This guy right here has done a little bit of everything, and I'm super excited to have him on the show today because, number one, he's going to make me better. Number two, he's going to make you better. I'm going to go through some of his bio. I'm not going to hit it all because it's pretty pretty substantial. But I know in 2006, first of all, he's a, he's a Texas boy. I mean, went to high school in Texas, Um, dad was a coach played basketball growing up you know got a very you know athletic background but in 2006 he goes to work at JPS Powell Middle School which I believe is the same middle school that my wife first went to in 1995 I think was her first teaching job at Powell Middle School so you go to Powell Middle School as a math teacher in your second year you pick up basketball win the city championship well on your way right Um, then you go to Two years uh, in Washington, D.C., serving on the legislative staff for a senator. And then you go back to coaching basketball in Virginia. Um, You go to Trinity University in San Antonio. 2011, you're at Spring Hill High School in Longview, Texas. 2013, you go to Baylor University, um, which is absolutely phenomenal, and start working on your doctoral, your doctorate degree. 2017, you know, you have your dissertation, which we're going to get into that, man. I think the dissertation, I've, I've actually read it, which is crazy mm-hmm. because I'm not, I didn't know I'd ever read anything that long. Um, mm-hmm. But where you went through and kind of chronicled the history of six of the most, uh, mm-hmm. you know, winning as coaches in the state of Texas and kind of, you know, drew some correlations. Mm-hmm. Um, 2017, become a professor. At the University of Mississippi, started Mm -hmm. consulting with the Oxford High School football program, Mm -hmm. launched the Coach and Doc web-based leadership platform. You also have the Coach and Doc uh, podcast, which is really Mm -hmm. good. I listened Mm -hmm. to two episodes today on my walk, have written several books, one of which I'm sitting here looking at, How to Mm -hmm. Build a Thick Institution, which is Mm -hmm. um, a very quick read. I've given it to a guy today on a phone call. Um, about how to the phone call was about how to delete fear from your program, how to the fear of failure, you know, and one of the things that's referenced in this book is, you know, allowing players to play freely, you know, so I was like, man, buy that book and then let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other book is actually in the mail. I got a deal from Amazon today that it's on delay, but that's draw the line, a book you wrote really about Jeff trailer as a high school football coach in mm-hmm uh, Texas, who is now the head coach at UTSA, which we also had, I'm in a, a mastermind group that Jeff mm-hmm. spoke to our group, man. What a fantastic dude. Mm-hmm. So not surprising, but I'm super excited to, um, talk about that book and about him too. So, you know, with all that being said, doc, I'm going to call you doc, if that's okay. I mean, perfect. You earned that doc. Um, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show.
1: Coach Perry. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, I'm familiar with you, too. So we can uh, we can play the name game, I think, for a long time. But uh, you're a ball coach, and I love the way people speak about you. Um, and you, you hear the same thing from multiple people, and you're like, it has to be true. And so that's a compliment I want to give to you, and that uh, you're a relentless learner and somebody that cares a lot about his craft and his players. I do need to give a shout out at the start of this this podcast episode to Heather Leonard, uh, the former Heather Roberts, and I believe two of her siblings. You know, were in Pearl with you yep. growing up, and and I remember when we first moved out here when y'all won the state championship, and Heather and her husband Daniel, you know, they were I mean they were like the most obnoxious people ever, uh, just walking around with that much pride after their hometown won. Uh, the state championship. And so kudos to you again for – that stuff matters in in regards to a town, the way people feel about it, the way people feel about their school. And uh, you got a chance to see that firsthand, and now you're doing it in another place in a new chapter. And so – but I got to give a shout-out to Heather first. I'm glad you did. She's Pearl Strong.
0: Yeah, Awesome people and Pearl Strong. You know, one of the things, and you've been a part of it, you know, there's nothing quite like – you know, that night that, that, you know, you win a state championship and, you know, it's in for me, you know, because, you know, I had been at it for 20 years or whatever already. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are, man, there are so many coaches mm-hmm. in this world that are 10 times better than me that never get the opportunity to win a state championship because there's so many factors that go into it. Mm-hmm. But I was so overwhelmed for people like that, you know, like it was the pride that people take in, Their Mm -hmm. school, their city, their town, you know, like that was what was just awesome was that feeling of Mm -hmm. gratitude and the excitement that other people had in their eyes was fantastic. And I know you've been a part of that. I know, you know, soon after you went to, um, you know, working with coach cut at Oxford, they won the state Mm -hmm. championship and, you know, Mm -hmm. coach does a fantastic job, right? Like Mm -hmm. now. I often say this, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, Mm -hmm. but I've run across some coaches that in my time that are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And they were born to a coach. And I Mm -hmm. feel like when your father is David Mm -hmm. Cutcliffe, you Mm kind of got an advantage on me. You know, like my dad was a – and a great dad, but he was a Mm -hmm. preacher and Mm -hmm. a nurse, okay? So, Mm -hmm. like, we weren't sitting around talking about um, power counter – RPO, you know, like that wasn't yep. My, yep. In my childhood. So, but coach has done a fantastic job. My first question that I would like to ask you, and this is something that Brian Kite, a guy that has been influential mm-hmm. in my life, kind of ask pretty routinely: mm-hmm. coaches, coaches, mm-hmm. how does a coach
1: get coached? Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, one of the best ways that you do that, and that's for any leader is I want somebody that um, I know that you've referenced before your inner circle. You know, I've got a friend, he always called it his personal board of directors. Mm. And I remember using the same vocabulary with that for a long time of like, who do I go to that I know loves me, wants to see me win? Um, and then that they also will ask the right questions, right? That's what you get so good at doing a podcast is I bet you ask way better questions now an episode in the 60s than you did early on. I love the same thing, right? But I'm thinking of that with, um, when I think about working with other leaders, uh, I think about that with what I was given when I was early on of like some people that I thought pulled that out of me. And I've worked really hard about developing the skill set to be a really good coach for other coaches. And I think it's a, I do not think at the bottom line, Like I I never want to make sure that that usurps any credit of like the, the work is done in that field house and on the field and the time and the investments over and over and over. But I do think it's a game changer if you have someone in your life that understands your context, like understands the swings that you have and the pulls and the tugs and the predicaments that are at play. If you have a personnel issue, if you have a parent issue, if I've got a staff issue, um, if you're being pulled a certain way when your home life, whatever, I've got to have somebody I can go to that understands these things that asks the right questions. And then it can basically help me. I'll I, I want to be able to travel on a route that I, I can get to, but it was in me already. Most leaders are, it's already there, you know, all the stuff, but it's like you've got to have the right person to help you navigate that to get there. And so I believe firmly in, um, coaches having a coach and any leader having a coach i mean i know you had oscar maschelli on here of somebody that uh, what a wise person and you uh, you know the people that he always surrounds himself with i know too it's like that's a that's an inner circle that's a board of directors sure. where when i'm making big strategic decisions i need somebody that's been there or not even been there but just understands it clearly and they can help me reflectively get to the point where okay, I know what's the right thing for for me and the program.
0: Well, I think, you know, I wish I had known that when I was 22, 23, 24. I did not, you know, and I think, and Brian Kites, his point in asking the question is that our educational system kind of fails coaches Mm -hmm. because there's nobody in the system to Mm -hmm. coach coaches. Now you would say Mm -hmm. athletic director, that's Mm -hmm. his job, but it's really not. Like the athletic Mm -hmm. director, man, like, that dude's over projects, he's over buildings, he's over like, he's over so many things that, you know, diving into a coach's life, you know, that he just doesn't have time for that with the number of coaches that you have. So, you know, you think about, like, the inner circle that I have, you know, the little group, in that group, there's a guy that's got 41 years of experience, Mm -hmm. extremely successful. There's another guy that's got 50 years of experience, you know, there's another one that's at 38 39 you -hmm. know being able to have you know adversity come up being able to have situations come up and be able to have somebody that can coach you and not being run by an ego thinking that you know everything you know which Mm -hmm. I was younger I mean I had issues with that too man like Mm -hmm. who are you to tell me or why would I go ask somebody you know like I'm the coach right but I mean, I think, and I would push anybody out there to find those people, man, go in search of people that, because they'll help you, you know, like people will help you, no doubt about it. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's important for us to have coaches. And I think in the business world, and I'm sure you've seen this, it's it's not, a, it's nothing for a business leader to go hire a coach. They will mm-hmm. hire coaches in the business world at the drop of a hat, but mm-hmm. when do we as coaches Mm -hmm. ever go hire a coach to Mm -hmm. help us. You know, I think that's, I think that's something that we should do, you know, and and on a smaller scale without financially paying them, that's kind of what an inner circle is, you know, that we're able to do that. Let's, let's fast forward to the dissertation because the Mm -hmm. dissertation was, you know, six coaches who I wrote them down, Todd Dodge, South Lake Carroll, Gary, Joseph, Katie, Chad Morris, Lake Travis, obviously, this was, you know, at the mm-hmm. time. Scott Charette, Carthage. That was one of the podcasts I listened to today. Jeff Trailer was at Gilmore and Tom Westerberg was at Allen. You mm-hmm. know, when you did that, you know, and that was probably six years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the commonalities at the end of it that those guys shared, you know, in, 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 you know the way they ran their program yeah
1: and i would say so one thing with that too it was like i thought it was super important when tackling that project that you had to marry context with the person so i believe coach morris was at smu at the time but i didn't want to study what he was doing there i wanted him to speak back and let's look at this of like what worked And and he i'll be honest i was a huge i, I am a huge fan of how he was so generous And you could tell just the way he was a thinker, you know, and he he cared, he he really worked at his craft, particularly in that context. Um, But I will say this like, um, I had somebody tell me this the other day. um, And I I really liked it. He said, For the CEO to grow, the hustler has to die. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: remember like looking at the commonalities present between all six. And you get people, I thought the, the the thing that were similar was you had people that had gotten to a, uh, a wise enough stage in their career that they could pull back and let some things go. And so, right, like that's something you always see. It's like uh, you'd hear people say, that's a young man problem, is they want their hand in everything, right? And not only do you look at it from a staff perspective where you're like, man, like that's the micromanaging stuff going on. Like I want to be able to coach. I want my own room. I want to have, you know, or, or then you're looking at people that burn out pretty fast. You kind of hate to say this. A lot of times you do that to yourself. Sure. We got to take ownership of like, you don't need to be in the weeds on every single thing. And so that is almost a failure of, did you not put and cultivate the right group around you and coach them? empower them hold them accountable but um, that part has to be present and so when you really look at these mature organizations that had happened and the way they had put staffs together and how they could pull back and trust that the defense was run you know exactly after that, that person was more of an offense or surrendering play calling duties even or you know how this stuff's going and and i thought those six i thought that was the biggest takeaway was you saw that part present Uh, you you had people that operated like a ceo and that's the fun thing that you think man i wish more people understood uh right from from what you do and everyone else i mean you're you are a ceo well you really are like when you look at how mature and complex the systems that are at play and regarding in some of these places like i was super fascinated by the gilmer case which I, want, I wanted to write about because Gilmer's a small town. Okay. And I also remember growing up in that area. And I know the stereo, I knew the stereotypes that were associated with that place in regards to if you were moving into the area, I mean you ain't sending your kid over there, you know, and that there's like that kind of crap, right? Sure. And you don't know enough about what's going on in the system. Well, then you kind of look of like what they actually did, and they leveraged athletics. Superintendent really bought into that. And then you allowed somebody to, and Jeff's, as you know, I mean, he's really gifted in that perspective of like putting together a group of staff, making it really attractive to be there, you know, putting kindling on the, on the fire and motivating and, you know, challenging people, but then also like letting people be masters of their craft. I give them space on that part right there. And then, but always managing over everything. And then looking to see my gosh, like the way that program matured like it really did change their trajectory of, of a school and a town to what it is now and i think that's a beautiful story like that story, those are stories we need more of like the story the the central character ultimately it's not jeff it's the town right because they're still thriving and going up and uh, they just used the, the vehicle that they used to get there was through sports was through football
0: that's awesome. And, you know, that's I've had so many principals, superintendents, you know, through the years say the better the football program is, the better the start of school is. You know, I mean, it, it does all go together. And that's one thing about Nixon, Missouri that's so great is with the superintendent and the school board, they want to be great at everything, you know, mm-hmm. like they are you know putting their money where their mouth is and they're going to help you be great at what you do and not just you know not just football not just band mm-hmm. not just they're going to be want to be great at everything and you know that's that's uh that's pretty awesome well kind of leading into mm-hmm. were there any in that study were there any commonalities amongst the cities you know like certain types of cities certain you know did, did they all mm-hmm. have a winning mm-hmm tradition did some of them start the winning like was there anything like that
1: yeah so I tried to do a lot of diversity and context the only one I did not have uh, but then this was just at the time of what as part of the criteria was that it had to be a multiple state championship winning program and it had to be in like a more certain recent time period otherwise you wouldn't get to talk with the people that were involved like it happened in the 50s and 60s it just a lot's changed since then, sure. uh, even though you still can learn something from it. And obviously, like Dallas South Oak Cliff, if you're familiar with that story, I mean that's they could have a case right now of what they sure. built. they've and there's nothing there wasn't anything like that uh, in the uh, I'd say the previous thirty years, which makes that story really cool of how did y'all do that when people would throw darts at like these are all these different shortcomings. you could never do that here. I, that's a fascinating story. But I'd say in the other ones, like looking at all six, I mean, you had more of what you would call like country towns and Gilmer and Carthage, but then Allen, Lake Travis, South Lake Carroll, Katy—you know, those are suburbs. Those are well that are just on the outskirts of cities where their populations are huge, and then you've got of, um, you get, it's almost like you got a lot, like a lot, a lot of professional families. It's the same way in the. Jackson Metro area where you're seeing these types of kids come up and these, you know, and they're just really professional oriented. Like they take work seriously. That's not a soft kid, even though like you're saying, that's a suburb kid. That's a, that's a worker. And so you looked at, I thought that was, um, I thought that was a a piece of the, what happened with those. Um, But I will say, I'd say the Gilmer and the, and the, and the Carthage stories were the only two um, that had not had a history of winning. So again, that's no fault at any of the other places, but like Lake Travis had one before that coach Morris got there. South Lake Carroll had one before Katie had one before under coach Johnston Allen high school. You know, that was uh, under Joe Martin and all those guys. They, that's a, that's a quite a lineage Todd Graham, but uh, Carthage, I mean, what Scott did is freakish, you know, to have nine state titles. But they had, like, some periods, though, where there was success. Like, that that community is viewed still as, like, that was, like, a pretty desirable place to live still, I'd say. Right. Gilmer was not. And I I, I don't say that insulting because it's, like, a place that, yes, it is. Like, there's just – but, like, that's what I think is so amazing about Jeff. And maybe that's also why – it's such a great story because he grew up in that and his parents worked at the school and that stuff messes with you. You know, when you grow up in a place and you feel like you're maybe a couple steps behind, sure. you didn't have anything to do with that. It's almost just the way people talk about it or uh, you, you, there's a chip on your shoulder that you're tired, like you want to get this thing to where it could be. And uh, I, I would say that that's a, an intricate part of it is like Jeff knew Jeff had the political clout being a hometown boy and knowing his par- his parents knew everybody and he could that's a true uh, from a, a, a an ethnicity standpoint like racially that's pretty balanced. And so he's somebody that could that could really blend all together, which is so rare most of the time. And that was another big part to where everybody felt like this was our program. And you go and you see their stands and it's, it's really a beautiful thing. You don't see that everywhere.
0: Sure. So. Yeah. And, and he's a fantastic human. He's a fantastic leader. Totally. You know, like the the mastermind group I was in that, you know, he spoke to, you just, you know, it was, it was really good, you know, and I've, I've kind of lived, you know, the Pearl thing, you know, being mm-hmm. from Pearl Mm -hmm. Going back to Pearl, you know, me and the superintendent were best friends growing up. Got it. School board president, like we're good friends. You know, like, you know, you do have some advantages. You know, there are some advantages when, Mm -hmm. you know, you went to school with the daddies and, you know, Mm -hmm. it presents some challenges, too. But at the same time, you know, there is a little bit of there is a little bit of an advantage to that. Was there anything in the process that you learned that surprised you in that it was different from what you had anticipated it to be
1: for sure. And so I'll give you, I'll give you two names. Um, One, you've definitely got to get on your mastermind group. He's an ace is Matt Turner and uh, a very reserved uh, somebody that would never look for the spotlight or take credit or anything like that. So the thing that I love the most about the, the Gilmer story was the way Jeff was very transparent about who all was involved and who deserves credit for different things. And I've never seen a head coach promote that again, that that might've just been the way I did questions or, you know, that kind of thing. Cause yeah. I don't think those six guys are selfish by any means, Sure, but, but Jeff was so, I think, open about, you know, this is the guy I had to have year three. And what he did, like, we don't have this if we don't have him, you know. Hmm. And so Matt Turner was, you know, if he was linked to these early days, he's just got this great – he's the one that, like, the McCowan brothers, Josh, Randy, and uh, and Luke. And Josh is back in, in the NFL now as the OC for the Panthers. They say that's the best coach they've ever seen or best wow. they ever had through all they had. It's Matt Turner. Um, and Matt was one of those people he just never wanted to do. Some sure. people don't want to ever be a head coach, you know. He did it later out of somebody needed to step up and responsibility. But, like, he is a servant uh, leader that is obsessed with the details of the game of football and cannot get enough. Wow. And so he turned him loose and, like, uh just you you got one character there, and then you got Alan Metzels the other one that I just I love um Alan is the current head coach now for Gilmer, and they finally uh won it for the first time since Jeff left this past year. Alan is one of those people that you're like, man, I bet there are maybe five people walking the earth that have their that live out their faith in the way he does where you're like, this is, this is too much, you know, like, you know, he's um, he still serves as a teaching pastor on Sundays for the small country church that his father um, started and he passed away. And it was like, we need somebody to step up. Alan's got the gift of being able to, and then they do a great job as a church body of, of of you know stepping in for all the administration stuff because he can't do that and be the head football ed wow but he's that kind of person like he, he sends text messages to all his former players every morning with a, and we know a lot of people that do that stuff right it's a devotional and it's intentional you know and um like it is it's just amazing you know and then you've got you know the the, the cast is it was phenomenal i thought that was the thing that surprised me the most I never heard of these guys, even coaching in the area or growing up in it. Like they were the epitome of selflessness. And maybe it's, it was like pre-social media too. So we, people didn't message out of, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'd never seen a staff in a small town like that be at that level. And, and how do you, at first it's like, how do you get that many people to come to a place like this Unless you know, and then all how right. do you keep them? How do you keep them for 15 years when people have opportunities? Right. Because I'm sure that's one of the things when you win the whole thing, people want to talk to your OC, your DC, your Corbett, all that kind of stuff. And that's great. That's a that's a huge thing. But like, how did he create something where they thought it was better to be an assistant in that culture than to go somewhere else? Sure. That's remarkable. That's remarkable,
0: no doubt about it. What is Matt Turner doing today?
1: You're talking about having a coach of coaches. Matt Turner is the chief of staff for UTSA, and he is that character. I don't think anybody totally knows the responsibility of his job, but Matt is the ace. Matt is who taught Jeff Ball back when he was a young coach in Jacksonville, Texas. And, uh, again, you're talking about somebody that will not let any of the there's a lot of changes happening fast, right, in college and pretty soon high school, if not already yet. Sure. How do we keep this thing to where it has the integrity of the program that we feel at peace about what we're ultimately trying to do? Because then, you know, there's always going to be an aspect of recruiting and promotion and NIL and all this kind of stuff, and that's something you've got to be savvy at. To That's a part of the game and, and competition and all that stuff, and they get that. But there's also got to be that interior part of like this is our culture. This is the mission statement of how we operate. And they operate with that Colossians 323 mindset that uh I mean, that's as serious as a heart attack for them. But Matt is, you talk about that coach of coaches. That's his role there. Wow. That's and so awesome. he's doing that, he's doing that for all those young coaches on staff. And you know, but cool. you'll never know about him, kind of sure. dude.
0: Well, that's, you know, at at Mizzou, you know, they have a guy, his name is Rick Jones, and he's, you know, one of the guys in our yeah. inner circle. Well, yes. Rick Jones is that guy, you know? Like, this dude probably knows as much football as anybody and has the wisdom and has the – and he's behind the scenes and he's, mm-hmm. like, just fantastic, you know? Like, that that dude there is is one of the better high school football coaches that I've ever been around, you know? Yes. I think it's wise of Jeff Trailer. I think it's wise of – Eli Drakowitz to bring in folks like that because that's kind of your own little version of an inner circle, right? Like that's totally. been through the, been through the fire and it's got my back because they know me personally. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic. Um, you mentioned this in passing, um, e- ego, blah, blah, blah. W- were there similarities or not in personality traits? Of those six coaches were there, you know, now I've been around a lot of coaches. Okay. And there's a lot of coaches that the more they win Mm -hmm. and that they do have an ego and they do Mm -hmm. carry themselves a little bit different. And I'm not saying that's all bad. I'm just, I'm curious with those six, did you feel a commonality amongst their personalities?
1: Mm -hmm. I think, I think all six. Are incredibly industrious Mm. like they're so like you'd probably say all are work obsessed or have battled that before and so it would have been a really cool question i don't think i ever got close enough where there could be vulnerability enough on how that messed with maybe your home life you know um the one again i mean coach surratt and I are pretty close, but obviously Jeff is the one that would share the most. The others, you could just tell that like they're builders, right? Like they, you don't ever, sure. they never were satisfied. So maybe there's this insatiable curiosity or insatiable hunger that you have of like always wanting to prove yourself and maybe, and you got to watch it, right? Cause then you can, that can turn into narcissism or a lot of other things and, that's a bad deal um i don't but i don't i don't i don't think i ever i don't think i got close enough to really under to be able to tell you definitively on sure. that one uh again i thought all were you know coach westerberg's more of a reserved quieter coach he was at allen and uh and then once he left um which again for somebody to win three state titles with kyler murray and then leave And want to go to a smaller town that's a little bit under the radar. Now, he was paid really well. Right. uh, But uh, my father worked with him at at that stop. And my father loves him. I mean, my father thought he was probably the best high school organizer he's ever been around. But he was not. um, He's not going to give a bunch of interviews. He's not going to really promote from that kind of standpoint. It's that kind of leader. But don't get it twisted. There's some swag to him. You know, like. Joker thinks he knows offense and, and, you know, and he's got a strong opinions, but, but at the same time, he was so great about, I don't know. I always appreciate he loved my father and let my father coach, you know, let let him literally bring real, you know, there was a, I think people love Tom Westerberg for that. So he was not that Chad Morris is obviously a builder and a speaker and a energy guy. That's, that's who he is, right. Is drinking Red Bulls and, you know, and all that kind of playing fast, so that fits him. Coach Dodge, Um Coach Bo- Coach Dodge is one of those people that's got such a there's a reverence to him amongst who's worked with him. Um, Where like he's he's been at a couple programs right that are like as blue bloods as they get, South Lake Carroll and West Lake. You know, those are. Yep you know their nfl roster so there's like there's that there's like that kind of appeal to what they're doing like they've got a little bit of celebrity to them um and so uh but at the same time just an honorable man uh that has really made sure to stand for the right things in regards to character and and that kind of stuff uh coach joseph uh that's a ball coach man i thought he was like high school version of Saban. I was like nervous asking him questions. I thought I was going to get cussed sure. out or something. Um but no, he's great. I mean, just a uh I mean, the Katie group, that, those are tough guys, you know, or people that Sure. um so he was all he's about work. And so if it ain't about work, what are we talking about, you know, kind of stuff. Um and then Jeff is such a great, you know, the storyteller. Um uh, you know, they can yeah, he can just cast a vision, and he's funny, but he's also detailed, and he he's vulnerable too. Like he'll show his flaws, which I think is an underrated trait of the mm. best leaders. Is Jeff will show you and tell you where he's off, what his flaws are. Does not try to be, uh, you know, he is a, a what is it a, a beggar uh, looking for, you know, trying to help other beggars. Sure, you know, try to to. To get the right thing,
0: you know, that's all he's doing. Yeah, there, there's a – the being authentic and yeah. being real and being humble, you know, in the true sense yeah. of the word is a very likable couple of traits, you know. Totally. And when you run across those in people, I think people are drawn to them, you know. Yes. And I've run across a lot of high school football coaches that it's not that they were not authentic or humble – but you know they carried themselves in such a manner that other people di- and people that didn't know them, you know, considered them to be you know high ego high. But yes. when you get to know them, they are different from that. You know, um, yes, who carry themselves in a different manner. You know,
1: I always thought Jeff was the best on like being able to connect in a strong way, regardless of class. Most people, like, point it to race, you know, like, sure. it doesn't matter. But class is different. Like, so, like, somebody that's dirt poor or somebody that's got a ranch that's, you know, whatever. I thought that's a product of, I don't know. I think that's a product of where you grew up to where, yep. like, there were so many levels of income. Sure. And you're comfortable
0: being at the trailer park.
1: Like, you re- like you're comfortable. It ain't, like, weird at all. Sure. Or, you know,
0: so... Sure. That reminds me, I went into a I went in, I went into a prison system one time um with Damon West. He went yes. in to speak at a maximum security prison back. This was before COVID. Yes. And he and Oscar Muskeley went in there with him. Well, I was very uncomfortable. Right. Like, I was right. uncomfortable. Like I was nervous. I was, yes. man, like and Damon, you know, because okay. Damon had spent seven yes. or eight years in there. Like Damon was yeah. was at home, you know. So yes. I totally get that, you know, and then Jeff being able to, you know, hang out with both crowds and everybody in between is a trait that, you know, is, is very admirable, no doubt about it. All right, let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to say Oxford, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're working with that program, Mm -hmm. what, you know, let's say you were, let's say you were named the, you know, head football coach at, Ozark high school, right. Mm-hmm. School down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are, what are two or three of the things that you would try to do first? You know, like what are some of the most important things that, you know, we as a coach can do to grab our guys?
1: I think the first part is you better understand the place. I think people jump in with the vision part of what they think it should look like based off of their past experience. Mm. and you have, and you have no feel whatsoever of what uh, this place is truly about you you probably see that more so than I have like you see a lot of bad hires sometimes get made yep of um uh, where they went off of maybe hiring just off of record, but they don't fit the context and they get there and it's uneven expectations. they're not connecting well. it's a train wreck um and and then you got a lot of well, who's going to take the blame for this kind of stuff? And it's not very fun. And then that recycles, and you try and do it again. But I would say the first thing that's got to be clearly done is, um, I mean, obviously you need to – I mean, I, I I think more as we all get older, who you work for matters a ton. So who that sure. superintendent is, mm. the board, what is their vision for athletics in this? What's yep. the vision of like – what can I really do in the football I just give me the boundaries and let me know how how much space I have to run in I just want to sure. know that up front and then uh, and then uh, and then it's a part of going about with strategic partnerships but I'm I'm early on I'm looking at I want to know the history of the place I want to know what people do for work out here yep is it a, is it a generational town where it's the same last names that get recycled every four years? Is it a town where you're going to get a lot of new folks coming in? Why are they coming in? That kind of things. Uh, what's the makeup? You know what? And then I'm looking at what 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 can we run based off of our personnel, right? Sure. Uh, they can do that, but uh, I well, think we do that. And, and there there's also got to be a part there too of once I understand it, I've got to be I've got to clearly show. I appreciate it I think it's something pretty special that's why I'm here so I see what you are I truly I, I've got to start and see what you are I can't just say I see what it could be I got to first see what it is and appreciate all the people that have done the work before you and then let's cast this vision of of what we can do collectively together
0: well one of the things I liked in the in the book how to build a thick institution. Mm-hmm. that I've never really thought about. And I've never been one to go into a place and bash the people before me. Like, that's right. very disrespectful, you know. Like, mm-hmm. But going in and teaching your team, your mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. on your team, the history of the program at the school. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never thought about that, you know. But, like, mm-hmm. that is one of the things that, you know, I will do because football started in Nixon, Missouri, like, in 1986 early 80s late 70s 78 79 80 82 somewhere in there you know and there is records of every team of every thing mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. want you know but like sit down and teach them what's the history of the school you mm-hmm. know and let them figure out what path they want to carve for themselves mm-hmm. based off of the history of the program and I thought you know that was something you know in the book that I kind of made note of was, You know, I need to do that. Like, I need to sit down and teach them. And this is because they don't know. They have no Mm -hmm. clue how the program Mm -hmm. started, why it was started. You know, like Mm -hmm. what type of teams have been out there? Like, what Mm -hmm. are we going to do? You know, so I thought for step one, to be able to teach them the history would be very um, productive. Is that right? Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. It helps, too, to show that you're not maybe selling a pipe dream. No, it can be done here. It hasn't been done lately but it can be done here. So yeah. let's look and yeah, let's learn of why it did work 20 years ago or, or what got us off track five, 10 years ago. Let's sure. be honest, you know?
0: Well, there's a website in Mississippi. I don't know. I'm sure there's one here too, uh-huh. as the history of all the schools. And, mm-hmm. you know, like one thing I've always done and I've, I've told young coaches that, you know, I worked with or reached out and this may be a flaw in me. Okay. But, if a school has never won ever in the history right. of the school, right. I'm not fixing to be the first one. Cause I'm not going to try. Like right. if there's mm-hmm. no history of nobody winning ever. Now right. somebody might can go do that. I'm just not going to take that chance. Whereas right. if you can look back in the history, like I took the job at Kosciuszko and you look back in the history and you know, it, it's, it's kind of waving, mm-hmm. but there is a like they play for a state mm-hmm. championship in, you know, mm-hmm. whatever year, like, There's history of success Mm -hmm. that you can go in there, show your team. There Mm -hmm. are people living in that city that played for a state championship. I can bring those in to speak to the team. You know, like I do think that's important. I think the history of a program is important. And I'm sure there are people that have went into no win places and won. I just, Mm -hmm. that's, that's scary to me because the tradition thing does matter. You know, like that is important. No question. And if you go to West Point, Mississippi and you don't win a state championship, you're fixing an uncle, a yep. brother, a daddy yep. that's gonna dog you out for the rest of your life. You know, like no question. You a feel like you let
1: thing. them down. Yeah.
0: No doubt about it. Well, yeah. after let's say after you know, we we teach them the past, the history of the mm-hmm. program, which I think is fantastic. You know, then in the book we talk about creating a vision, and I thought this was phenomenal. Uh start by sitting down and figuring out what you don't want to be like what about you know like everybody sits down and okay what do we want to be what do we want to and that can be very wide but what if we sat down and said okay what do we not want to be first you know like what's your thought behind that
1: yeah i think like um that one takes the that's almost the biggest tell, I think, one when, when you when you if you can execute that one correctly. And sometimes that means, you know, the way that that question gets asked or who does it, it's almost like somebody that's already been there, a stakeholder, you know, that you lean on for helping to get a real answer out of it. Because there is the point you can't change, right, if you're not honest. That's in in anything in life, right? Like I can't, if I struggle with an addiction on something, like I need you to stop and say, hey, Hunter, so let's, me and you in here, so let's look at the last three years that you've still been struggling with this stuff, you know, and we're doing 2024, let's, you're not getting better, right? So let's be honest about that, right? Or whatever it may be. So it's almost, it's looking at, you know, I've got, there's a reputation around every program, in every team. Okay. And so that one's a, that's a lot of fun. When you can get a really honest answer, that's something I would applaud Chris on because he was so, I thought he was so great about, um, he, he had to, you know, because he played there and then he had even worked under coach Hill before you know, it's, it's a tricky thing, right. To like, I still want to honor who I played for, who I worked for, but I also want to say, this is how we're viewed right now. And I want to change that. Right. Sure. And and so for whatever reason, like let's just be honest about it and then let's plan on how we correct this. Cause we don't want this stereotype associated with us, whether that's, you know, what well, I needed to be a tougher team or all that, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think that's an incredibly important part and when you're talking about coaching coaches or coaching leaders and business whatever i feel like that's that's the marker on if that's or if it's going to be a real thing or if it's going to be a check in the box that uh, you tell people you have a coach the real thing it will be when um you know you and whoever that is or, or if you're doing that whatever if there's an honest dialogue about you're not very good at this and for somebody to say i'm not very good at this sure. And then let's get better at it. So what, you know, then what do we want it to look like on the inverse of that? Right.
0: No doubt Uh, about it. You know, know, it's something that as we, you know, as I, this time of year, we start building our, you know, like leadership Academy, you Mm -hmm. know, something Mm -hmm. that I want to use with those guys is Mm -hmm. what, what do we not want to be? You know, like Mm -hmm. if, Mm -hmm. if culture is the way that our group behaves you know, the experiences that they give off, the things that we do, you know, like what are the non-negotiable things that we are not going to do, you know, that we are not going, what are we not? And then let's figure out, you know, what we are so that, you know, we can go out there and, you know, coach the rest of
1: them. Caps are lightweight, one-size-fits-all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33% of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive, subconcussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian Caps can help protect that helmet investment.
0: All right, a question. You know, an issue that maybe you can help me with here accountability I think accountability is really hard I think peer-to-peer accountability is hard you know like we're we're in year four going into year five and I feel like our coaches are still the accountability partners right now for our program you know and I think our next step is our kids taking ownership and being able to hold others accountable you know like what are some things that or thoughts you have on how do we get high school kids to hold each other accountable.
1: Yeah. I, th- I mean, first off, I think that is like uh, kind of a separator that you'll see amongst programs on who can teach that correctly because accountability is the highest form of love. And so I've got to get to a point where we really love each other and we'll tell each other the truth and it's done correctly. But that is such a it's a weird thing for like a 16, 17-year-old to do that. Yeah. right? Like yeah. We just don't talk about that very much. So um, the way I always start with it, because I think people make an error when they emphasize that part so fast, because I don't think you and I can have an honest conversation where you correct me if you haven't made a ton of investments first, sure. right? Sure. So I always, I always looked at it from the standpoint of um, it starts with creating an, an, an and really just making sure the program as a whole has a good deal of psychological safety. and you're teaching kids how to create that atmosphere, right? Like we do that with how we have eye contact with each other and you know we're not interrupting people and in close proximity and there's something about you know, i'm I'm a basketball guy uh, by trade, and so there was always that 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 marker of you're tracking touches out on the floor. How often are we touching hands slapping on the back, all that kind of stuff. But what we're doing there is we're transferring, you know, energy and confidence, particularly those that have a lot more swag than others. Like if we can get them to be folks that like actually, you know, empower others, we're on the right track. And that's the first thing we're looking at that part. The second one is I think you've got to teach vulnerability and vulnerability is not just like a feelings thing, which I feel like sometimes like that definition gets hijacked. Vulnerability just means that you show your weakness, and so that's the thing that we talked about with what Jeff is so good at. Right, is people trust you that much more when they see you're not perfect, and And we've got to get that. We get that wrong, like we're trying to be perfect and and show this facade, and we're probably combating families on that one a lot of times of what yeah. they're trying to measure up with with their parents. But I've got to be able to show you um how to acknowledge when you screw up to the rest of your peers there's no frauds okay because if you don't do that and that starts also with you and me in the form of leadership roles if you don't do that um that's when a culture of like paranoia or cheating or all that kind of stuff happens right because if they feel like oh my gosh coach Perry never makes a mistake or there's that aspect of it well Hell, if I ever make a mistake, I better cover my tracks faster. I'm not going to tell you I did because I don't want to be ripped sure. or whatever it may be. Right? Sure. So there's that part. Is the second one okay? So we first we got to get a good psychological safety set. Yep. Then then you got to teach, especially your alphas, on how to be vulnerable and to show their weakness. But then we're not sitting in it. Okay. So the third part is. Then if, if they've done a good enough job about showing when you screw up that you acknowledge it or I make, you know, all that kind of stuff, that makes those that don't have as much confidence, makes them more comfortable that they'll, hey, I don't understand how to do this or I don't know the play or can you show me this? Or you'll have a staff member, you know, that'll come to you of like, I don't, something's off right here. And before they wouldn't share that because they were scared of, you know, whatever, being disciplined, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so when that happens, like the phrase I always use is you have to hug it. Right. And so like, if somebody is willing to, to, to step out of their comfort zone and say, my fault on that, I got it wrong, man. I appreciate that. No doubt. Like we got to have that in there, but then there's that aspect too, of like, we're not sitting in it. So there's a culture of, yes, we're not going to hide anything. We are this way right now, but we're getting better. So let's correct this stuff, right? Um, and and then that leads into accountability, right? To where if if you know if I've done a not uh, the psychological safety stuff, so much of it is 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 I want to know that I'm seen, you know, that I'm a real part of this team. You're not sure. using or something, right? Whether that's from a player perspective or a coach perspective, I want to know that I'm seen. Then I want to know I can be honest, and then I want to know I got people that are going to help me. OK, and then once I have those things, then you can be demanding because I've done all those things. You know, I'm not going anywhere. Sure. This thing's unconditional. But like you got to step up. Like I showed you how to do that stuff. You know how to, you know, there's all those and yep. the, and those conversations get really tense. But people misunderstand them if they've never if they're not in the locker room or they see, you know, a really tense conversation amongst the staff or they see a kid get scolded really badly but they don't also understand of how much time and how much love and all that kind of stuff. Cause then in the moment of, you know, fast game speed, all that kind of stuff, the most appropriate thing, sometimes is volume comes out and all that kind of stuff. That's okay. We're all competitive, but uh, I think that's gotta be the roadmap to take that correctly. Uh, I think when you start by, you know, some people will be like, Hey, we gotta be a player led team. So from now on, you know, y'all need to, Right, call stuff out, and then you got one person that like nobody likes. Sure, never does anything with anybody, and he says something, and then you have the person come back of like, who the he-, you know, yeah, and no then, doubt, you know, this is some fraud stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, that's some that's some real high school talk right there. Like that's that's the way it would go down. Now, yes. what you described, honestly, was what you know. I mean, you you described a family. You know, that's the way our family is. I mean, our family is going to be, you know, they're going to be psychologically safe, mm-hmm. taken care of, heard, you know, but at the same time, you can be demanding because they know that you love them. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I think that's our next step. That's where we are um, headed, you know, and I got to get that, you know, I got to do a better job myself, you know, of teaching that in our program so that that gives us the possibility of taking another step Um, in the accountability piece. All right. Question number two. And this is a a tough one, okay? Okay. I don't know. I I interviewed uh, Patrick Murphy, the softball coach at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And he has a word, mudita. Mudita means extreme joy for others. Like somebody else having success and you feeling overjoyed for them, okay? And he has this, it's on YouTube if you've ever seen it, the anatomy of a team player. Okay. They're in the College World Series. They're down two. The four-time All-American is coming to the plate with two on, Brittany Rogers. And he goes up to her for some strange reason and says, Brittany, we're going to go with the, we're going to go with the freshman today. We're going to pinch him for you. And Brittany says, Yes, sir. And he tells her, go tell her she can do it. And so Brittany goes over and tells her. And at this time, you got two split cameras. You got one on the game and you got one on Brittany. Well, the freshman who's had very few at bats all year long in this situation goes up there, goes into a long count and hits a home run and wins the ball game. Mm -hmm. And Brittany Rogers is in the dugout when she makes contact. She jumps for joy. Mm -hmm. She is living out Mudita. Okay, this is my question. How do you teach that? Because as I told Coach Murphy, when John was 17 and 18 and Coach had pinch hit for me, man, I'm mad. Like, I'm just – I'm telling you. But how do you have extreme joy for somebody else? And when, you know, when we can get a team full of kids that are practicing Mudita, practicing joy for others – you can't help but be successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we get closer to that?
1: Two things come to mind on this one. The first, I think, is you know, there's this, there's this social contract that takes place in a locker room, right? And we have these values or we have these um ways that we reward players. Um and we say the the right things and like our coaching missions, all that kind of stuff, right? But the bottom line is, like, it'd be in any culture, too, of, like, of work, right? Like, we could say all the right things, but, like, I know for sure of what the culture is by, like, who gets promoted, who gets paid more, okay? Yep. Um, Who gets to do certain things that other people don't get to, okay? And so, particularly in sports or Especially in football, you notice this where, like, the quarterback and maybe that player really is all of those things. Quarterback and the best player normally, uh, everybody's going to like overwhelmingly support and attach themselves to those players, right? Yep. And so you, you're going to have student body, you're going to have parents, you're going to have the cheerleader, you have social media, all that stuff. So you have no control over a lot of that because that's community related. Yep. That's just the way of the world superficial world okay but what you control inside though i believe is if we say that we're going to be about these things well then when it's time to reward the players that really embody these things you better get it right because there's no liars inside that field house they all know what each other have been doing and they're going to really look and see did you score it you know in a way that matches those things so like that, you know, the great year that Oxford had, I thought they did a phenomenal job of. Uh, there were two players in particular, three that, in, that come into mind. Everybody remembers J.J. Pegues because he's, you know, sure. potentially a future NFL player and, you know, is dynamic and all of those things. And J.J. is an unbelievable teammate too. But the fact of the matter too, there were three guys on that team that lived out all of those things that the coaches were talking about or that we would do during leadership council, they really live that stuff out like all the time, but you don't know who they are unless you're like a real football person, right? right. And so you're looking at JV and Gibson, you're looking at Dude Ferguson, you're looking at Keon Williams. Well, they've got to do an unbelievable job of making sure, whoa, 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 those guys are the ones, you know, into the game, uh, team meeting on Monday, I mean, those are the ones getting recognized for what they're doing and everybody's going nuts because they're throwing their body in doing some things like it ain't fun. You know, it ain't like they're catching TVs and stuff like that. They're doing the stuff that like, we need you to crack this person. So it gives us some space here and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, and they did that. And then like, it could have gotten sideways if you don't acknowledge stuff like that. And you just go off of who ESPN puts as yep. a top 100 player. And again, uh, this was kudos also to JJ. JJ got in line with, man, Keon, JV. I mean, those guys should get it. What they do is unbelievable, right? Yep. Like it, it it fell with a character part two to go into that. So I, I think that's a huge aspect that's underrated because you'll see like, especially when you're talking about um, postseason honors uh, and recruiting and parental pressure. I do think I've seen a lot of coaches bend on that one based off of like to try and frame things in a way that take care of the political side, but sure. then you lost the lack. You lost the locker room a little bit. Sure. Uh, we see that, you know, you're really going to play, you're playing that card. Right. Um, so that's one thing I think that gets happened. happen. The other thing, um, I, I'm a big story-driven person in yep. that um, it's hard for me not to root for somebody if I've really taken the time to know them and their background and what they've gone through and what they've overcome. And we do this stuff, like on a, you know, the one team retreat that we do or we do it at once once breakout session in the spring. And then 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 that's it. We did the checkbox. We did the, you know, we did the exercise. I think this stuff has to continually happen right uh, throughout the year. And and it's even it's gotta be even more strategic in football uh because there's so many bodies and staff. Right. But like I wanna know who my coaches are for real. Like and sometimes you get a chance to see that just bought by, you know, people doing home dinners, by positions and that kind of stuff. And that's cool too. But, like, uh, you learn what somebody's gone through um, and what makes them them. Then all of a sudden, like, I feel an attachment to you. Sure. Like, I'm I'm in. And, like, when I see that many stories that I, I empathize with, I want to root on. Uh, man, I'm honored that they're my teammate. I think you're higher. I think there's a stronger likelihood that you're going to play and cheer on and people like that. Like you want, if you can capture the heart, I mean, you're 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 going to have that word that you said that, that Coach mentioned earlier. Ludita, yes, I think that's got to be it. Where. And then there's again, it's just it's the reward of it's the, the reward, it's the responsibility of the coach or the, the leaders of the team then to always make sure of like for that person to surrender their bat to somebody else to pinch hit. That's an incredible thing that you Ooh. just did. Ooh. Like, because like you got to wonder about somebody who would say, Well, that makes me look like a, a a quitter, or I'm surrendering, or I'm not competitive, or any of those things. No. You you chose team first in that one. And the fact of the matter is, like if you really know that other person's story and they know yours and like it ain't it ain't a zero sum game. It's a we right. thing. That's so right. I think you're there's a higher likelihood of those well, things
0: happening. And then Coach Murphy, I can assure you, did exactly what you're talking about, is he turned Brittany Rogers into a softball icon at the no university question. of Alabama for the rest of her life because of the selflessness, because man, we are living in a very selfish time period, you know, and totally. that's getting worse with all of the NIL transfer port, like being selfish is almost a rite of passage today. And he took that example and he had that video. One of his buddies made that video, anatomy of a teammate that's gone viral. You know what I'm saying? And turned what some people would take as a embarrassment into man, you know, what an act of mudita! What an act of you know not being selfish. And I think that's fantastic. And I think Doc, you're gonna like this. I'm not I will a-
1: add. I'm gonna add one thing to that yes. though, because I think there's also a strong conviction you especially would have too. I know I have this more and more as like the the person then that surrenders or does something that's really unselfish there's a conviction that you have you we better honor them yes like the worst thing that can happen right is for somebody to um man to do something and and they don't feel like they're like we all want to be recognized to some degree like i understand there's an unselfish aspect but there is also like i want to know that i was a part of no doubt this great thing that happened you know and there was somebody the other day was talking about uh, it was, it was Alan Metzl. It was at uh, Gilmer He was talking about, you know, they have a, uh, there's a custodian, his name's Charles for their field house. And uh, he's on the sideline in all their games. And I mean, operates, I mean, he's leading chance with the student body. I mean, there's a, a, a there's a joy that's present in what he does and how he serves the facility every single day. And he goes, you better honor him. You know, yep. you better honor people like that because that's wrong if you don't. And no what doubt they about it. Do, because you can't quantify what, how much good that they're doing
0: for, for your place. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, what I was going to say was, you know, I'm not a banquet guy. Like, I'm just not. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan. You know, you normally show up and you celebrate the guy, you know, the MVPs and the yep. team captains and the Right. This year we gave away our awards, but we gave away our awards based on our core values. I had the kids and the coaches vote on who rep- who represented family, who represented um hard work, commitment, positive attitude, courage, competitiveness, and that's what we gave away, you know, because man, like what and because, you know, I know we need to go more toward the player-led team, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's a direction that we need to head, so, you know, we did that this year. And I don't know if they liked it or not, but I liked it because I felt like we rewarded kids that would have never got rewarded at a banquet, you know, because because they were representing the thing. And they were voted on by their teammates, too, as being the one, you know, that represents this core value the most, you know. So I thought that was um, pretty cool. Oh, from a parent perspective, how proud would
1: you be if your kid got one of those awards, too? No doubt.
0: Well, one of the things I try to share with the parents every year is, you know, when these kids turn 18 or 22, Mm -hmm. you know, they graduate college or or they're several years into their job, you know, they're going to go pro in life. And at that point in time, nobody cares what their vertical is, what their bench press is, what their 40 is. It's going to be what type of human are they, you know? If you're player number 87, you're mm-hmm. getting the same thing out of football that player number one is getting, you know? And just mm-hmm. because you may not play, talent does make playing time unfair. It just mm-hmm. does, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. talent matters. But at the same mm-hmm. time, talent's going to take you till about the age of – athletic talent's going to take you till about 22. You mm-hmm. know, and after that, it's going to be everything else that matters. Mm-hmm. I got one more question, man, before we wrap up. Um mm-hmm what would be your advice on establishing a leadership council? You know, like what would be your process if you had to set up one within your program or within your school? Like, how would you do that?
1: I think, you know, when you're looking at that, I I do have to think about who are the most influential people uh, that are going to touch our entire team. And this is a concept that we talked about, I think before the podcast started of, um it's a, it's a it's a philosophical question right of like yep. how do i how do i choose a little bit to invest in this way yep it's a specific way you're investing when you're doing that because ultimately you can't be everywhere sure and and your staff can't be everywhere and you're trying to form a player led team too yep. right and so i've got to have peace about that one but then i'm looking at um Yeah, I'm, you know, when you're talking about number, I don't think that's as important as it is about making sure that this thing is stacked a little bit. And stacked meaning by age group. Right. I think I think a a shortcoming that happens to a lot of people is that you've kind of like you stack it so much with seniors always, right? right? And I invest so much there. And for whatever reason, a lot of times in a big group, right, like the senior probably even feels like it's more of their team. And so they're going to just take up so much more of the discussion and what you have to say and influence and all that kind of stuff. And then it's almost like you're starting from ground. You're you're starting from the early stages again the next year. And I'm trying to figure this out. Like I've got to have enough age diversity in what we're doing Um, I, I do think freshmen up, you know, um, to where that that's present and uh, I've got to teach people all these things, especially that group about that roadmap we talked about earlier off. They've got to be the ones that you've got to be a pro with psychological safety on being able to establish that for your teammates. And I'm going to teach you how to do that at 14, 15, you know. And then you got to be great with vulnerability and then you got to be a great reciprocator mm. when your teammate that doesn't have as much juice as you screws up, you know, how you handled that one. And then I got to, I got to teach you early on. You got to have to model what accountability looks like. I need you to get comfortable with that. Okay. Yep. I need you. I need you to turn into a, I'm going to grow you. I'm going to help you be an adult with it. And we're going to get rid of that fear that plagues all of us with uh, confronting a friend, but also like that's how you get real friends too. is is with real love and so I'm thinking of it from that perspective where I've got to have you know you know the best I I actually don't think that there needs as much that this might be wrong by some standards I actually don't think that you need uh, a ton of voices on this from your staff on who should be on there because we all have certain opinions and biases that we have I do think if the head coach is leading this session, which I would think that would be the case, um, that it's one of those deals you got the best feel of who needs to be on this, and sometimes like it's not a uh, it's not a Sunday school class either, um, so it's not all of the kids that never do anything wrong, and that's who's with me. It's the most influential kids. So there's some you know of you got people. I remember trailer used to say I, I got to have a couple people close to me. Sure. I got to have I got to have them close as sophomores because I got to get them to where they need to be by seniors because they can do some things. Others can't. Yep. And and when they say something, everybody's listening. No, they ain't saying the right thing yet. Um, Sure. But there's got to be that component to it. So that's how that's how I'm thinking a ton of it. Um, You know, in regards to the um, in regards to the the time together. Again, I think we don't want to make the mistake of having it just be a listening session. Right. Where you're talking the whole time and maybe there's accountability on the, did they do the reading or not? And, sure. And, and most of the time, if you don't watch it in those deals, right, it's like the same two or three that, that are answering and everybody else is kind of nodding and saying the same thing. And you're like, eh, is that really what your thoughts are? Right. Uh, I've got to get this to where uh, I'm a big fan of like small discussion groups. And so if, if you can get it to where, I don't know, I'm thinking in my mind, right? Like in that 12 to 15 range of folks, well, that's five small groups, four small groups. And yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to do some stuff together uh, and talk about it, but I want to start matching up senior junior sophomore you know i want to start trying to do that and that and that's why you're the head coach too is you're the one that knows how this is the group i want to mesh with this small i want i want there i want there to be yeah i see y'all are similar you're just two years difference in age this person can help you and i i I want to do that so i think you got to spend a ton of time being more facilitator than teacher in those sessions uh and you want them to learn how to process information and to also articulate it to a sure. teammate and to offer a reflection and you're teaching them also about reflection that's a big game changer right it's like uh the percentages of of learning go from you know i can learn by watching yep. i just watch a ton of film but then if i learn by doing uh along with that it goes up a certain percentage but the the game changer is if i can learn by reflection right so i'm I'm putting in reps, I'm watching film, but I'm also looking at I'm learning how to, whether that's journal or whatever that may be at the end of the day, man, here's a couple of things that I noticed about myself or I noticed yes. about this situation. i got to teach people to be more reflective. Mm. Um, I and if I, can, if I can get them wiser by the time they're junior, senior, um, I just, it, it appreciates every year.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that, man. That is awesome. And I absolutely love the time that you've spent with, with us today on the Never Stop Getting Better podcast. Now, this is what I would ask folks to do. I would like, ask for you to go find um, Doc's website. Doc's website is www.huntertaylor.design. On that website, you'll find access to the books that he's written. I believe the dissertation's on that website, isn't it? Is it is.
1: I, and that's full. That's free. So, oh, yeah. my
0: gosh. It was yes. awesome. And I've already, in my little inner circle group, I put it in there. And mm-hmm. I had today, okay, I want to read this to you because this will make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, from the inner circle group, one of my guys in the group who was going through reading the dissertation today said, uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. it was really good it was a quote that one of the coaches had uh made i think i passed it it was one of the i think it was a quote that oh this is it when excellence becomes tradition greatness has no limits katie high school think about that now when excellence becomes tradition greatness has no limits You know, like, so my point is this, you can go on his website, www.huntertaylor.design. You can find the dissertation, read through the whole thing. You can find him on Instagram at hunter underscore a underscore Taylor, Twitter at Dr. Hunter Taylor. Um, And I'm going to put all of that in the show notes, man, where you can just have a link to get to all of that. I would ask that you buy the books. I've got draw the line on the way, the one with Jeff trailer. Like, I can't wait to read that, man. I know it's going to be fantastic and we may do this again. When I get done reading that, I just want to say, thank you. I want to say thank you for your time. Is there any way, anything I can do to honor you as we depart?
1: No, you've been terrific by inviting me onto this. So this was an honor and a treat and looking forward to seeing how this friendship continues to to compound over the years. I'm really, uh, I like what you're about.
0: Well, I appreciate it. I like what you're about. I appreciate that we're going to have a a, a partnership moving forward, man. You're somebody that is about um, being transformational and helping others. I'm going to dive into the podcast. The next time we speak, I will have probably listened to every one of them um, and all the books and all that, man. So I'm very grateful. And if I can ever do anything, you know, for you personally, professionally, man, don't hesitate to reach out. And as a parting shot, I would like to – I normally say adios, amigos, okay? But today I feel like I need to say "Hadi tot." Until next time. <laughs> Appreciate you, Coach. Thank you, Coach.